Welcome to Baba Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, we'll be continuing in the book of Revelation. And I will be reading out of the NIV, the New International Version, to make it simple to understand. Especially Revelations. And we will be in chapter 3. And that would be verses... 1 through 22. And before we get started, I always like to give you uh, the facts of the Bible, why we can trust the Bible. And I got this information from Dr. Vody Bakken, which you can find online on YouTube. And you can uh, go in your search engine and put in Dr. Uh, Vody Bakken Ministries or Vody Bakken Ministries. And, and you can pull up all. He's got some good books, too. But anyways, and... Uh, so let me, so let me give you uh, why we can believe the Bible. It's not that long, but it's very important. The Bible, a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. Forty authors, sixty-six volumes of books, span of fifteen hundred years in three continents: Asia, Africa, and Europe. Written in three languages, mainly Hebrew and Greek, a little in Aramaic. Hundreds of subjects and topics. So, that's why we can believe it. And if you're uh, if you're going to school, say you know middle school, high school, college, whatever, and the instructor, teacher, whatever, you know, uh, makes it known that uh, they don't believe in the Bible or God or whatever, or maybe they don't know if it's true, but they tend to bring it up all the time, or maybe they ridicule you. At least you can give them something back that will definitely make them think. Okay, so let's get started. Uh, and that's the book of Revelations, and it's, it's the last book in the New Testament. And we'll be reading out of the NIV, the New International Version. And as I said before, there's many good versions. Uh, the ones that I was, the only one I really knew of growing up was the King James Version and then um, then they came out with the NIV, the New International Version and the Living Bible um, so and then now they have the English Standard Version which is very good and um, the, the New Living Translation and these were uh, directly Interpreted from the actual for the Old Testament in Hebrew, and then the New Testament in uh, a Greek and a little in Aramaic, and it was directly translated from that by actual biblical scholars and those who were trained in the languages, those certain languages, and so they had a committee, and then they went through it and sent us word by word, line by line, to make sure everything was as close to accurate they could get it. You know, and so anyway, so let's continue. And this is the book of Revelations, chapter 3, starting at verse 1. And the title in this particular section is To the Church in Sardis. Okay, remember now, uh, John is talking about, or that is, um, the revelation he, he got from Christ, from God, uh, because he was directly in the Spirit. And so this is actually coming from God, from Christ, or Jesus Christ Jesus. 
and he was uh, letting them, uh, he was revealing this to them, and that way he could, you know, share this with others. And it's about the churches and the type. There's like seven churches there that they go over, which we can actually apply to the the churches today of the kind of people or whatever that we have who are claiming Christianity or uh, claiming to be believers in Christ or whatever, and, and the church itself in the whole. And you can see the different types that he deals with here. But he was specifically talking to the churches there. Plus, these were the churches that were also at that time um, being severely persecuted. And so this is why... And so even though they were being persecuted, the God was, was letting them know where they need to, to correct themselves with. Okay? So let's begin. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 1. The title is, To the Church in Sardis. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I, I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Verse 2. Wake up. Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Verse 3. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Verse 4, yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. Verse 5, the one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge the name before my Father and his angels. Verse 6, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now we're going to the uh, to the church in Philadelphia, and that's the title in this next section. Starting at verse 7, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? These are the words of him who is holy and true, who, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Verse 8, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Verse 9, I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars. I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Verse 10, since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. Now remember, this is not future. This He's dealing with what was going on right then. They were being severely persecuted by especially the Jews and the very religious Jews who stayed with the Old Testament and who stayed under the Pharisees because they rejected Christ. And like Christ would, would constantly comment, or he would quote from Moses, and he says, well, if you don't listen to Moses, you're not going to listen to me, you know, that type of thing. So they were being persecuted at that time. That's why it's important. Uh, that's why I want to do Revelations, because um, there's so many people out there with all these different belief systems or whatever, but 
when you have the correct context and you know hermeneutics okay and um hermeneutics I'll just give you a simple example of hermeneutics okay is oh there's four major types of hermeneutics it's literal moral allegorical and not anagogical and anagogical I'm sorry so so this helps you to understand okay literally you know what that means and then more of the moral aptitude of it allegorical is a um, story that has a message in the story so anagogical here's the meaning for anagogical and it means a method of mystical or spiritual so we're going to do spiritual interpretation of statements or events especially scriptural exegesis that detects allusions to the afterlife and exegesis is critical explanation or interpretation of a text especially of scripture and plus including in that you also have metaphor and symbolism and so hopefully that will help you let's continue in our reading um, I'll probably go, go back up again so forgive me if I read read some of it again Okay, um, starting at verse 8. I know your deeds have placed before you an open door that no man can shut, and I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Verse 9. I will make those who are the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars. And we already discussed that. I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Verse 10. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. Now remember, this was happening then when he was writing it. Verse 11, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Verse 13, oh, excuse me, verse 12, the one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Verse 13, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let me stop here for a minute. Uh, there's some good materials you can get out there. There's one Bible that I would highly recommend. Uh, it's a little pricey. Uh, you can get it for like about $29 in the hardcover, but the um, the print's small. So I would suggest that you get the large print, and then below it there's a lot of good commentary. And it's larger so you can read it. Okay, and it is called the Reformation Study Bible, English Standard Version, and the general editor is Dr. R.C. Sproul, or it just says R.C. Sproul. And at the bottom it says Reformation Trust. 
a division of Ligonier Ministries, Orlando, Florida. But you can get this on um you can you can purchase this on Amazon, and it's a uh, dark blue, large Bible, and the large one's about fifty some dollar sixty. Um, and it has like a little round treeish looking thing, and the for the emblem on which I which is actually the ESV emblem that's on the front of it. But it says the Reformation Study Bible. And I'm telling you, this is this gives you um, this really helps and it gives you uh, a complete church history from the Old and the New Testament and the context of what's happening. And it gives you dates and numbers and the whole thing. It's got it's a lot of good. It's, it's very thick, but it's very good. And it's really great for good study. And since it's the English Standard Version, it's easy to read at the same time. But uh, and remember, the English Standard Version was also uh, translated from the original Hebrew for the Old Testament and Greek and Aramaic for the New Testament. But it's really good. I have found it a big help. Uh, there's a lot of books and stuff, and I'll probably and I'll try to mention that um, as we continue in the study. But for now, this is a great, wonderful book to have. Or, excuse me, a Bible. It's just it's a complete Bible. It's real heavy, and it's real thick. But it's got everything you need in it, and it breaks down everything for you. The dates, times, what all. But it makes it easy to understand, easy to read. What was happening? What was the context? Um, and like uh, e e um, each book of the Bible. Uh, let's see. Let me see. Yeah. Let's see here. Oh yeah. So it even gives you, yeah, like um, like for like say if you go to Genesis, right, and it tells you the uh, what the title and the information about that, the author, and it goes into details of that, and of course. Um, So, so you know that Moses gave, he's the one that wrote all this. And then he gives you the date and occasion. And before and after that, there's just so much that you can learn and read. It is fantastic, I'm telling you. But it gives you all the context, what the church history is, what was going on. You know, so that way you can better understand. Because when you're just reading the Bible, right, and you don't know context, like what the context is of that section you're reading, you don't know church history, like you don't know the the Old Testament uh, history and then the New uh, the New Testament church history. You know, you got to be like your context will be off. So, like, you, because you go take things real literal, but like I said in explaining that, there's you have uh, the hermeneutics on how to rightly divide the Word of God. There's four major types, and that's literal, moral, allegorical, and Anagogical. Anagogical, that's right. Okay, and plus you also have the exegesis in it, metaphor, symbolism, you know. And, and so, so if you really want to understand what's really going on, instead of, you know, hearing somebody that may not know the context, may not know the history that's going on, they've just been taught the same wrong theology, you know. You know, then you get all... Uh, then what happens is you get very confused or you take it in a whole nother form 
and you and you you take it to mean something that has no meaning in that what you're thinking is at all so therefore you're going you're moving forward with a false premise that's not what it was saying you know um but also you can go um to ligonier ministries and if i'm not mistaken they sell them there too online and it's a dr rc sproul ligonier ministers ministries okay and let me um, give you the spelling for that Ligonier, because I know I had a hard time when I first was finding it. Okay. Okay, Ligonier is L-I-G-O-N-I-E-R Ministries. You can also put R.C. Sproul Ministries, and it should pop that up, because he's the one that started it. Or like he's one of the founders of it, and for that particular ministry with a, a funny name. But um, yeah, he was a great Bible teacher. Uh, he was in. Um, he was a Bible professor. You can watch him online on YouTube. Just put R.C. Sproul, and it brings up all his YouTube teachings. Fantastic. They just recorded recorded from all the classes that he gave, and it's an actual video recording. Very good quality, also. All right. Okay, let's continue. I'm going to go back over verse 11 again. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have. If I did it again, I, I don't remember exactly. But verse 11, I, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Verse 12, the one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again they will leave it. I will write on them the name of God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from God, from my God. And I will write on them the new name. Verse 13, whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay, the next section is to the, to the church in La Laodicea, starting at verse 14, to the angel of the church in Laodicea write. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the rulers of God's creation. Verse 15, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. Verse 16, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Verse 17, you say I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are Wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Verse eighteen: I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the five, in the fire, so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and and a salve to put on your eyes, so you can see. Verse nineteen: Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Verse 30, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat and eat with that person and they with me. Verse 21, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, we have completed that section. And 
And we will start with chapter 4 next time. So I'm hoping you're getting a lot out of this. I know I am. I enjoy it myself. And the more I go over something, you know, the stronger it becomes and the easier it is to, to you know, remember and quote or whatever the case may be. But I just love the study of the word. And I hope you do, too, you know, because God speaks through his word, you know. And I know it in there, it's, um, let me go back over something that just came to my mind. I know in there it said, um, uh, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on the throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. That was verse 21. And so a lot of people say, oh, so I'm going to have to work or earn it. No, 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 no. It's a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. But remember this, God is sovereign, God is uh, omniscient, right? So he's everything. He's God, whatever he wants to do, he does. But remember, he knows everything. Uh, he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. So he's created us. He knows who's coming and who's not, you know? And, um, and it even says that um, he's chosen us from the foundation of the world, right? So he already knew but then you're going to say, well, that makes, well, so if he's already chosen us, then what are we going to do? Then, then why do we have to hear anything or whatever? I'm like, because God has an order, right? We don't know who's coming, and we don't know if we're coming. Well, we're not even looking, according to Scripture, we're not even looking for God. You know, so we don't even know. But God knows who's going to be receptive, so he makes sure that he sends someone to give the gospel, and that's why there's many, 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 many scripture that talks about that, that very thing. In fact, you can go to Exodus, uh, Exodus the Old Testament, uh, chapter 4, verse 11, and it says there, you can look it up, and it says, uh, Am I not God? I, I cause the blind, the deaf, you know, the mute, uh, or, um, yeah. The blind, deaf, mute, those that are crippled, whatever, for his purposes, you know. Uh, it's like you go in the New Testament, when Christ and his disciples was walking, and they came across a invalid man that had been, uh, he, um, he it, it, I'm not sure what he had, but it sounded like he might have had a cerebral palsy or whatever, muscular dystrophy, whatever the case may be, but it was that type of disease, and he had been in his bed his whole life. I think he said like 28 years. And um, so, so then the disciples said, well, who sinned? Because in the Jewish law, you know, they go over, oh, well, you know, if, you know, if you're doing this, that, or the other thing, then, you know, it goes on to your family. So they go, well, who sinned, uh, him or his, his parents? And Jesus says, neither. But it was for this cause, this purpose right now, to show to show God's healing power, you know? Then you may say, see, remember, we think in our human mind, right? And our human mind has already been corrupted because Adam and Eve disobeyed God, which brought sin into the world. And now everything dies and is corrupted. If you notice, everything gets, um, uh, how do I say, dusty and dirty and rusty and all this stuff. You know, it's like you have to constant work with it and whatever to keep it going. 
Um, it's like if you have a house and you just shut it up and you leave it for like 10 years or whatever, it's, it's going to be uh, broken down because it's made to use. It's got to be used and like air out and all this kind of stuff and constant repairs to keep it going because everything's corrupt. That's where everything dies. Or, you know, you live and you die. Or you're born, you live and you die because of sin, right? And, and so God already knew that that was going to happen, but he had already made, made a way through Christ, his son, who was the sacrifice, who was going to be the sacrifice, and he came to do the Father's will. Also, Jesus said, Jesus also said, when he was praying to the Father, he would go, Father, I have not lost one of them that you gave me. You know? So remember, we think in our human mind, in a corrupt, sinful human mind, and we try to rationalize it humanly, but you can't rationalize God. Remember this, God's sovereign, which means God's in total and complete control of everything. You know, He allows us to have things. He allows us to have some freedom, but we don't have, like people say that we have total free will. No, we don't. We don't have total free will because there wouldn't be no world. Because everybody would be dead, blown up, or whatever. And so God, God allows us some free will. You know, but remember, he knows who's coming to him because he knows all things. That's, he's God, you know. And I know I had to wrestle with that myself, but I understood it. But here's how you have to understand it. Uh, you have to understand that we're not in control. We're not in control of things. We think we are, but we're not. God's in control of everything, but he allows things, right? He allows us to go so far. But he also knows who's evil, who's not, or whatever. Then you say, well, how about all the evil in the world and all the poor children and all this stuff? Well, you know what? We don't know the purposes of God, but God has his purposes and his reasons for everything, right? And he He has everything there for a reason. We don't know. We may never know until we go to heaven, right? But it's not our business. God's in control. We are not. We'll never understand it, you know, till we go to heaven or whatever. But here on earth, we're not going to understand it. So we get as close as we can, right? And the main thing is to humble yourself, just like the Bible says, humble yourself as a child, right? And if you go to first, I think it's first, first Corinthians chapter one and two, and it talks about you know, humbling, humbling yourself, or is that that God gives a wisdom to the humble, like His wisdom to the humble, not the proud like the world is, right? And so the thing is, you have to learn to be obedient to God. Just like your parents, when you were growing up, you were a child, right? You didn't understand anything. Like you, Most things you didn't understand, it. you did as you slowly grew. But when you were really small, you just did what they told you to and you believed it, right? Then as the years went on, you learned and you grew and whatever. But it's the same thing with God. The more we study in His Word, the more we'll understand, you know? And I remember I went through all this stuff with all the the different belief systems and all kind of stuff in Christianity and the end times and all this stuff. But when I started actually reading the word and not putting my own interpretation in it, then that's when I started to really learn. Because I was reading scripture and I rightly divide the word of God, what what this meant, that meant. Started uh, learning church history. And then I got the whole context of everything. And that's what I'm here to do is to help you to, to make... The Bible is simple to understand. That's the motto. It's real simple. Keep everything simple. You know, nothing's that difficult. So with that said, let me give you some scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 7 verse 10. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. 
Romans chapter 3, verse 19, NIV. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Mm -hmm. John chapter 14, verse 6, NIV. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Yep, that's a fact. That is a fact. Let me give you some salvation scripture. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 in King James Version. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God has raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes in the righteousness, and with the mouth confesses and made salvation. Verse, uh, I mean, Romans chapter 10, verse 13, King James Version. For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Romans 10, chapter 17, King James Version. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing of the word of God. Okay? And why do we need Christ? Well, because we... We all have broken God's moral law, the Ten Commandments. Have you ever lied? What do you call someone that lies? A liar. We've all lied, white lies, whatever, told an untruth. And it don't matter how long ago it was. It's, well, I lied as a child, but not now. It, it don't matter. It, if you lie one time, you're guilty. That's it, and it follows you. Because remember, God's standards are extremely high, and ours are extremely low. Um... Have you ever stole anything? Have you borrowed anything from someone, didn't return it? Or grabbed somebody's pen, didn't return it? Or paperclip, it don't matter what it's worth, it's the intent. So what do you call someone that steals? A thief. Uh, have, um, have you ever looked at another person with lust? According to Jesus, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And... Have you ever hated anyone? According to Jesus, he says, you've already committed murder in your heart. So you see, that's why we need Christ. So it's like a doctor, you go into a doctor's office, and he has to give you the sickness first before he can give you the cure. Because if he gives you the cure first, you won't understand it, nor you won't appreciate it. But once he said, oh, oh, you have this horrible disease, it's going to do this, this, and that to you. But I have the cure for you to take, and it will help you to overcome it. You're going to jump at it, right? It's the same thing if you're in a plane that's about to crash, someone gives you a parachute, right? You're going to hold on to that parachute, and you're going to be happy to have it because it's going to save you from the jump to come. Jesus saves you from the judgment to come, and that's why we need Christ. All you got to do is ask him simply, just come to him humbly with a sorrowful, contrite heart, ask Christ to forgive you of all your sins, and then put your trust in Christ Alone, like transfer the trust from yourself to Christ alone. And from that point, start reading the Bible daily and doing what it says. Find a good Bible believing teaching church and find good ministries like, like, uh, 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 like this one who, who goes through and literally teaches you the Bible correctly so you could understand it. But you need to find a good Bible believing church to fellowship and you learn how to grow and work and all that kind of stuff for God. Okie doke. Resources. Dr. Woody Bauckham. You can watch him on YouTube. And, I, and you can go to his website online, search engine. Living Waters Ray Comfort, livingwaters.com, and on YouTube. All these on YouTube. R.C. Sproul, Ligonair Ministries. Answers in Genesis with Ken Ham, answersingenesis.org. Well Builders with David Barton, wellbuilders.com. Remember on YouTube, and he also has a radio show. You can look it up online. Um, in fact, it's called Wall Builders Radio. And and he teaches you about American church history and a lot of other good, you know, uh, church history around the world. Dr. Walter Martin, 
WalterMartin.org. Also on YouTube, um, Apologia Studios with Pastor Jeff Durbin. And on there, and you can watch, you can listen to them on Apple Podcasts also, or go online. He's got all his videos and stuff there, and on YouTube. And also, he has uh, the family of Dr. Greg Bonson, who was a great professor, a biblical professor. Um, they, he was actually a really good speaker, too. But um, he died, and the family uh, donated all of his audio teachings to Apologia Studios. They remastered it digitally. And now you can literally go on, if you go to Apologia Studios with Pastor Jeff Durbin and ApologiaStudios.com, which is uh, A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com, and you go into the website search engine, you put in uh, Greg Bonson or Bonson Yoon, it'll pull it up and you can literally get a free seminary education. How cool is that? If you'd like to correspond with us, um, it is all lowercase Bible Education Institute at gmail.com. And the website, I'm not going to give the website right now because we're having tr I'm having problems with it. So and I'm going to be, uh, so I'm going to create a new website and I'll give you that in the future because it's really causing a lot. Of, I can't change it or anything. The, the editing's messed up on it or something. So I'm just going to create a new one with another, uh, another company. Um, and then uh, here's all you can watch us on you can watch uh, Bible Education Institute Reverend Henry Kelly or just Bible Education Institute um, on of course YouTube and Rumble and also audio platforms heliumradio.com Helium Radio Network Stitcher Spotify Apple Amazon Amazon Music Overcast Chrome G Potter Firefox Safari iTunes Audible, Alexa, Google, Podbean, Internet Explorer, Podcast Addict, and many, many, many others I have found. And here's the good teachers. Oh, yeah, and also on Telegram, Getter, Twitter, Facebook, and Gab. And I'm going to go back over the good teachers. That's Dr. R.C. Sproul, Ligonier Ministries, Dr. Vodi Bakum, Dr. James White, also on YouTube, and with Apologia Studios, Pastor Joel Webbin, Right Response Ministries on YouTube. Um, and don't forget, uh, yeah, Dr. R.C. Sproul with Ligonier Ministries, L-I-G-O-N-I-E-R dot org. And Doug Wilson, Gary Damar, and Pastor Jeff Durbin, Apologia Studios. And I also like to get uh, used books. I buy some new, mostly, mostly old, or, or excuse me, used books, which is really good shape normally. And you can get those at Abe Books, A-B-E-B-O-O-K-S, Abe Books, Thrift Books, Amazon and Alibris, A-L-I-B-R-I-S. And also, if you go on TCTC Network, you can uh, you can put TCT Network on your search engine and pull it up and go uh, to on-demand videos. And you can watch Faith and History with William Federer, great Christian historian of America and around the world. Fantastic. He makes it interesting. There used to be another one. I would suggest Ancient Jewish Wisdom with Rabbi Daniel Lappin. That was there, but they took him off. So, But you can still get him on YouTube. And you can go to his website, RabbiDanielLappin.com. And his wife, Susan Lappin, she's a great teacher. You know, she kind of works with him, but he does most of the teaching. She just helps. Um, 
And also, they got a Rabbi Daniel Lappin podcast and YouTube, of course, like I said. So, till next time, remember, read the Bible daily without fail and do what it says. <laughs>